beloved, you are now tuned in to Three Black Men, a podcast by three black men where we talk about theology, culture, and the world around us. The following content may not be suitable if you ain't real enough. Listener discretion is advised because real recognize real. Here's the hope when we look familiar. The Wild Land Within, Cultivating Wholeness Through Spiritual Practice by a good friend of ours, good friend of the podcast, Lisa Colon DeLay. And um, this book blessed me richly. She actually asked me to um, help be a part of her uh, release team by reading it. And um, I went through it and I, I wasn't expecting to be blessed and helped in the way that I was because one of the things that Lisa does in the book, um, she's theologically trained and has all the academic credentials and everything. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Three Black Men. I'm yo, Robert. yo, I'm Sam. <laughs> I'm Trey. Hey, we're Three Black Men. Black. <laughs> black. I'm black. Blacker than we ever been before, man. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, brothers, welcome back. What's up with y'all, man? What's going on? I don't know. I heard a rumor that this is the the last episode of season one. You did. That's what I heard. Dang. Indubitably. It is. Indubitably. Okay. <laughs> it is. Okay. Wow. Y'all. So we made it one whole season. We did. Uh, Thanks for hanging out with us, y'all. We appreciate truly, that. Truly. So, uh, first, um, I wanted to say, we wanted to say thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, y'all first and foremost, yeah. First and foremost, because y'all have made space for us. You have provided... Absolutely for us a space and a table for us to be able to uh, make content that we're proud of. And thank you to all of you, Uh, regardless of your tier, we're thankful. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Anything y'all wanna say to the Patreon supporters first? Nah, yo, uh, thank you for real. Um, That means a lot, the support, the love, um yeah that means a lot that y'all um believe in us that you know enough uh to the point that y'all want to hear from us uh, even more um so i appreciate that from the bottom of my heart and so do my kids they appreciate that too truly (laughs) first um give an honor to god who is the head of my life i like to say i'm glad to be in it all right i'm sorry wow (laughs) No, in all honesty, I I do want to give a special shout out once again to to those Patreon supporters. Um, It means the world to know that not only are you listening, but that you believe in us, that you are willing uh, to to invest not only your your time and your ears in us, but even a few of your dollars. Um, There have been times when uh, my family was able to, to eat more than noodles <laughs> because of mm. your generosity. Um, there have been times where I didn't have to go on the clock for uh, Uber Eats and, and, and Grubhub because of, of your generosity. And I don't take <laughs> that for granted at all. Um, yeah. But also, even if you've thought about giving, you didn't have it. Cause I know this has been a rough season for everybody. We launched this podcast and this Patreon in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think any less of you if you weren't able to give, if you've just been listening and being fed. Thank you um, for spending this time with us uh, as we said a couple episodes ago we do this for us like we, we have conversations that we're proud of um but the fact that you find value in them the fact that you have chosen to partake in them is one of those ways that i know that god is real um because even when we yeah. do something for us it, it is for y'all like even if you um as white as you can be even even if if, if you out <laughs> there and you go to church and y'all clapping on one and three and singing hill songs if you tuning into this podcast right now and showing love it, it tells me that there's um something in us that that unites us and, and that's dope to me yeah truly sure. so like when we started this podcast we wanted to construct a table And we wanted to uh, do theology our way. And we wanted to talk about uh, 
topics that were relevant to us and and we wanted to talk about our culture we wanted to talk about the world around us and some of the topics that we may talk about might not seem like theology to you they might seem irrelevant but they are very much relevant to us um and even in next season that we might get into things that might just seem silly to you but they are conversations that we really are having um <laughs> but yeah we wanted to construct a table and sit at that table because we didn't see ourselves at other tables so rather than complain about it hey let's just make our own right and so yeah so thank you again to all the listeners who have tuned in for these conversations um and have big upped us uh we would have had the conversations regardless but it means something that you're here with us uh wrestling with us um thank you to all those who have left ratings and reviews who have sent messages um thank you thank you to y'all and shame on you if you have it we believe in shame here yeah. Um, <laughs> and just because I'm petty, whoever whoever left that one star rating, I haven't forgotten about you. A plague on your whole house is. Uh, look, I, I got say. I got some black Air Force ones oh, and a anyway and a samurai sword and a anyway. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, so thank y'all. Um, yeah, so so more on season one later. Yeah. But um, thank thank you thank you thank you thank you thank y'all from the bottom of our hearts for real. We appreciate y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. So we never thought we would have started a podcast together, but here we are at the end of season one, and we're thankful. We're grateful. Yeah. Um. So tonight uh, we're gonna have another conversation, um, and we wanted to talk about our love for reading, uh, reading from the margins. Black men, we do read. <laughs> and uh and so i want to give a bit of a preface to this uh a lot of people see us and they see uh how much we reference books both in our social media uh presence and they're curious about all the books that we read and we wanted to have a conversation uh, and bring some of our favorite books uh, to uh, this conversation and then just get into it. Like, why do we like reading? What benefit does it bring to our, our lives? And yeah, just talk about our love for reading, right? So yeah. here we are, Black men, we, we love to read <laughs> and, um, and how we read, right? So we're going to jump into that today. All right. For sure. For sure. Let's go. Um, so to prepare for this conversation, I asked uh, the brothers to bring um, three titles of uh, books that have impacted them sometime in the past year or two. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Samuel, what are three books? that have impacted you i know you don't have the physical cop you you don't have the physical copies yo i'm gonna tell y'all listen i frequent the digital library uh, hoopla um libby if you don't if audible audible Audible, kindle listen if you do not have the budget for physical books where there is a will there is a way and many libraries have digital copies of these books and you can either read them Libby, Libby lets you read them in Kindle yeah. um, and you can mark them up, take your notes and stuff, or you can listen to the audiobooks. So where there is a will, there is a way. Um, so I tip that like, that's just how I roll. Right. Um, I have some physical books, but the books that I, I'm going to use books that I read in 2021. Um, first book uh, was written by Austin Channing Brown. Um, and that is I'm Still Here. Uh, that book uh, really, it impacted me a lot because when I listened to her story, I realized um, 
uh, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I love to hear how you talk about your wife. I'm finna talk about her again. Um, because that book and her story are kind of similar, right? Like, you know, just how my wife was raised, um, being around at home, more um, suburban white community, but then going to grandma's house in the hood and having that um, dynamic and trying to navigate that and figure that out and being told that she talked white by black family members, um, things like that. Like, so that really helped me to, um, yeah, disgusting. That really helped me to um, understand her story more. Um, it helped me to pay attention um, a little bit more and not even just with her, but just with black women, period. Um, and to be more intentional um, in, uh, in just how I relate to them. Um, so that was a good book for me. Um, really good book. Other book, uh, Portrait of Jesus by Joseph. I, his last name, I believe is Gerzon. G-I-R-Z-O-N-E. Um, he's a Catholic priest. Probably like the best book I've ever read on the person of Jesus. Um, I love it. I've read it twice this year. I'm probably fixing to read it again. Um, just because I just, one of the things that he talks about in there is how he uh, he goes around, he talks about Jesus to different um, seminaries and um, Christian colleges. And he's always surprised that so many different professors or seminary students come to him and they're like, listen, all of my school and all of my years of theological training, none of them really taught us about Jesus. We were taught how to think through the works of the Bible and different people, but we weren't taught about the person of Jesus and to look at his personality and to look at what he did from a humanitarian aspect to see how he relates to us and the marginalized. Wow. And so that um, that's really helped me to understand um, that majority, the majority of the Christianity we see today is not Christianity <laughs> at all. Um, and so, uh, yeah, uh, just... <laughs> I mean, like, think about it. How How is it that Jesus was raised in Nazareth? Or, you know, he was raised in Nazareth, right? Um, he comes back there to speak in the temple, and these people are surprised, as if he's not from this place, right? As if they haven't been around him for most of his life growing up, as if they didn't know that he was left in the temple when he was 12. You know what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. all of a sudden, you're surprised at what he's saying. How? Well, maybe it's just that your what you think is holy isn't holy. Right. Your version of righteousness is not righteousness. So, and he really he gets into that, and so that that's really impacted me a lot. I, that's one of my, that's probably one of the best books I've probably read in my life, uh, as far as like how it how it's teaching me to interact with Jesus in the Bible. And that's hey, why man, I want that title one more time, man, because I'm, I'm about to add that to my list right now. It's called A Portrait of Jesus. And okay. that's why I wanted to use Luke because I, after I read this, I went back and I started reading Luke again, and I was like, "Yo, okay, okay, you can use <laughs> you. You are the one person. Go ahead and then drop your third. Nah, one. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna use it. I'm not gonna use it. The third one is uh the spirituals. Hold on, it's by James Cone. I I got it. I want to I want to quote it correctly. It's this the uh Kindle the spirituals and the blues. Um, so this book, uh, I found, I ran across on, uh, Amazon and I just listened to, um, a message by, um, Reverend, uh, Dr. Ot Otis Moss III. Um, he, it was a message that he taught at Princeton Theological Seminary. Uh, it's actually on their podcast. And, um, he talked about how Black preachers, and specifically Dr. King used the same method that we would see in um, R&B or in the blues, right? Um, soul, soulful music, that which is home for black culture. Um, and so just reading this book has really kind of connected me with, it's really helping me to connect the dots of lamenting, but also uh, how to bring in that, um, there's gotta be hope that comes in 
um, comes in with that. And if you look at a lot of our songs, like uh, a lot of our Negro spiritual songs, they have that sort of element. And it's all, it trickles throughout our music historically. Like if you look at R&B, if you look into blues, if you look at jazz music, they all sort of follow that same pattern where they sort of take you through this. Um, even if it's just musically, it kind of takes you through this uh, struggle of black culture and it takes you through this story and then you find this hope at the end so um that's that's really been um good for me this year too so okay i'll go next uh that you will i definitely will <laughs> on purpose um <laughs> so uh <laughs> so uh first <laughs> i'm gonna uh list uh in my grandmother's house uh, by Dr. Yolanda Pierce. And um, I love this book. Uh, I read it uh, this year and I was surprised. I, I just, I did not know what I was getting into. Like what I thought it was going to be is not what it was. And <laughs> this book blessed me. Um, just in a multitude of ways. And I felt like the biggest thing for me was that the theology was so rich in this book, but it was so accessible was, yes. was the biggest thing. Like, I think it was like, oh, it wasn't heavy. It wasn't burdensome. And it was like in narrative form, which made it so much more digestible uh, yes. for me. And it was like, man, this book was hidden. Um, so that <laughs> I'm like, man, yo, that should be a theology textbook for class, like hidden. I would rather Absolutely. read that. Um, the next one, um, this is a treasure that a lot of people don't reference. Um, but this was the best book of 2020 and 2021 for me, <laughs> because that's a um, good book. James Cole, my soul looks back. I think most people say the cross and the lynching tree um, as the book that they give people related to James Cone's theology. Mm -hmm. But um, my soul looks back. Um, nah, this is the book for me. I recommend this is Robert, Robert, Robert. I recommend my soul looks back over the cross and the lynching tree. Don't hurt me. Um, because for me, the way that he lays out his life story and how he came to arrive at Black theology, and he lays out even places where he fell short, mm -hmm. um, even where he couldn't be the, like his theology couldn't be the fullness of what he wanted. Um, the, the racism that he encountered in seminary, every, it's just like clear, like, Black theology is like, night, like, duh. So did you, uh, you kind of, I'm sorry, did you kind of get the sense of maybe like uh, my soul looks back kind of maybe his uh, last will and testament? Because when I read it, I kind of felt like that. Because yeah. it was like you said, it was like he was able to look back and see like, okay, here's where I messed up. Here's where I didn't. Here's the racism. You know what I'm saying? It was like, I'm giving all everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like, I feel like if you could read this and think the, the classic critique that he gets is that, Oh, he's a heretic. Oh, he doesn't know theology. If you read this and you, you don't think Dr. Cohn is worth reading then. Okay. Then I don't need to listen to you <laughs> like that. It's just that clear because that, okay. Y'all. This man knew what he was talking about. And he admits so much of where he failed and he was reaching uh, for better. So, yeah, my soul looks back. And then the last one is such a good one. <laughs> uh, Listening for God uh, by Renita Weems. Uh, man, this blessed me. And I'm still sitting with the parts of it right now. Um I'm still sitting with parts of it, um, specifically, no, most of it, but uh, the parts with her mom are really still sitting with me uh, to this day. Uh, yeah, her vulnerability, yeah, this, yeah. Uh, 
It's called Listening for God, A Minister's Journey Through Silence and Doubt. And I think you would assume that you have to be a ministry to uh, read it. But uh, I, to me, it's the book. It's the book that I would recommend on deconstruction um, right now. Like I wouldn't recommend any other book besides that right now. Um, yeah. So that's me. That's how I praise. Hey. Uh, <laughs> all right. So I'm at a distinct uh, disadvantage in going last number one, because I get most of my reading list from these two Negroes. Um, <laughs> number two, because I specifically asked what books people was about to use. So it wouldn't be no overlapping and people wanted to play hardball and I answered no questions. <laughs> so of course we got overlap now. Who is and, people? And then, uh, you, uh, it, I, I, I'm not going to name no names. I'm just going to say it wasn't Sam Gay. That's all oh, I'm saying. Uh, I'm not going to name no names though. It just wasn't Sam Gay. It's all, I, it's all I'm at liberty to say right now. Cause I don't oh, feel okay. like right there. But I guess I will start my first book. is <laughs> <laughs> in my grandmother's house by Yolanda Pierce. <laughs> and, uh, Yo, I feel terrible. I'm the only one of us three that's not read that. I'm, I'm, I gotta, I'm gonna read that. Bro, and, and, I got a copy for you, bro. I got, I got. Like a fresh. Yeah, he said he one. got you. Yeah, he said he said he got you. I got and, you. And, 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 well, and I want to I want to support her because I like her. No, yeah. this is I I bought this. Oh, okay, I was like I want to support her. I like her. <laughs> <laughs> but that that junk, first and foremost, it puts okay. so many of the dopest cookies on like the bottom shelf. So like anybody, like you don't have to be theologically trained mm. to read none of it. And then there's so many pieces of overlap. Like I started reading it and immediately I, I bought a copy and sent it to my sister up in Virginia. I'm like, yo, you need to read this. And the very next day she's like, oh my gosh, this book, like it's bringing back so many memories. And there's so many places that feel like, yo, this is me. Like this is, I can share in this story. <laughs> Even wow. not being a black woman who happens to be a dean at the Howard School of Divinity. Like there's so many parts um, that are reassuring that, wow, I'm not alone in this. Like I'm not the only person who feels that way, particularly with regards to people who may have come up in a faith or tradition where um, I don't want to use the term outgrown because that sounds kind of like uh, patronizing, um, but but a, a faith that you've maybe evolved from in certain senses. Um, and she speaks about that faith while still holding a reverence for it, right? Um, and, and still honoring what the, the, the foundation that laid for her and not denigrating anybody who might still be there. But then also talking about like parts where she's moved on and, and how her life has informed her theology. Um, and then that is life giving. So that one is a dope one. And I'm gonna stop talking about it because we already talked about it. Um, thanks Rob. Love you, bro. In Jesus name. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Go out to your, your, your next. Yeah, my, uh, my my next book is uh the Wild Land Within: Cultivating Wholeness Through Spiritual Practice by a good friend of ours, good friend of the podcast, Lisa Colon Delay. Yeah. And um, this book blessed me richly. She actually asked me to um help be a part of her uh, release team by reading it, and um. I went through it and I wasn't expecting to be blessed and helped in the way that I was because one of the things that Lisa does in the book, um, she's theologically trained and has all the academic credentials and everything, um, but she's also uh, in, in the, what's known as spiritual direction, like people who go in and coach you through uh, certain things. And what she does is brings a lot of aspects of different theologians from liberation theologians to uh, mystics and, and and the desert elders and the Eastern Orthodox tradition and examines things that they've used in their faith. Because a lot of times, particularly here in, in, in America, if you came up in an evangelical tradition, we're relatively ignorant to a lot of different expressions of Christianity throughout history, right? Like ones that are centuries older than our own tradition, right? Um, and and she goes into some of those things not in a way that's like like discomforting or jarring. Um, but like, you know, if, if maybe if you incorporated some of this, you would learn different ways of praying and connecting with God. And that helped me. Um, in a major way, like I've, I've, I've changed some of my devotional habits. I've, I've been able to ask different questions of myself and God and, and even found peace and not getting answers right away. Um, so that book is a dope one, The Wildland Within by uh, Lisa Colon DeLay. I recognize that one as, as one that um, is worthy of, of reading by a whole bunch of different people. And my final one, 
had to, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit. It's an anthology of poetry um, because I incorporate uh, reading poetry into my like daily devotions. Uh, but this one is the African-American poetry, uh, 250 years of struggling song. And the editor is Kevin Young. But it's a it's a book of, of African-American poets starting from like Phyllis Wheatley, who was often acknowledged as like the very first one. And it takes you through like in relatively chronological order. And what I love about it so much is that it shows the very rich variety of what it means to be black in America, right? Um, especially when we start talking about Phyllis Whitley's and stuff, it's not a book of poems about slavery. Um, it's not a, a book of poems about Jim Crow. Like some of that stuff is in, incorporated in there, but there's also poems about love. There's poems about pain. There's poems about death. Um, you get into somebody like a, a, a Lawrence Dunbar and, and, and he writes poems in, in, the, in the Negro dialect or whatever, right? And there's, there's the richness of black art and it's like, wow, we've we've been here. We've been beautiful. Um, and just incorporating that in, into my days has um, been really helpful for me. So that's my three books right there. I love that. I love that. Um, let me ask you guys a question um, and feel free to jump in wherever. So people see us, they see us reading. Uh, we shared some of the titles that mean a lot to us. Mm-hmm. Why is it important for us to read? Like, like why, I mean, why are we reading all these books like this? Um, <laughs> yeah. Why? Yo, um, I, okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll say this, that when I first, um, started preaching which i guess was maybe about seven eight years ago um i was taught that by by my pastor dr jeremy often that a call to preach is a call to read right and i didn't really get the fullness of what that meant um but that's also not really relevant to this discussion because what i understood when i finally started like understanding more of what he meant in terms of a a call to preach being a call to read and currently um and and continuously rather than currently continuously being um engaged with different viewpoints and different um inputs of not just information but perspectives and all that stuff when i took that seriously i recognized how it made me not just a better preacher but a better theologian and a better thinker and a better minister in, in general and a better like uh, my pastoral heart improved when I did that uh, because at the end of the day, right? One of the things that we, are, I would almost call it a disadvantage of, of having the Bible in the form that we have it, right? Um, because the printed press is a relatively recent invention in, in the grand scheme of, of history and people weren't always reading it. Um, it was passed down orally and, and communally Right. And we kind of lose a bit of that aspect in the way that we now have it and just turn the pages. I can look it up anytime. The stories are, the stories are shared a little bit differently. And when you allow yourself to engage with different texts, you're reminded a bit of the different thoughts and worldviews and perspectives that there are in the world out of which context uh the, 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 these things emerged right like the bible it wasn't something that just happened magically they were all yeah. come they all came out of context so reading for me is usually about just understanding perspectives and context from as different people you know yeah i hear you i hear you yeah uh <laughs> i mean i don't i don't know what else could be added to that but um i mean i'm not a preacher anymore uh but i read for the sake of um you ever you ever get to know somebody or you see somebody from afar and uh you there are certain things that you like about them right and you're like man um i really respect this about them uh there there's um their story is what give context to the person that they are today um right mm-hmm. and so i read because i'm after that right yeah. so um i there i my perspective, I don't think is necessarily the only right perspective. Um, there's a lot I don't know. Uh, so like Trey said, just gaining other perspectives, but also just um, 
wanting to expand as a person, yeah. right? Um, read the more that I read other people's perspective, the more that I also respect other people's perspective. Um, and I think that's also created, um, I think reading has also made me a better listener. Um, especially, I mean, cause I listen, I listen to audiobooks too. So yeah. um, I, I, I mix it up. Um, I think it's made me a better, a, a better listener. Um, but just, I want, I, I want to be a well-rounded individual. Um, I want to be comfortable communicating um, various things that I feel or sense or see in various forms. Um, and one of the, <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a couple of highlights from uh, my experience at my conservative Bible college that I attended. And uh, one of them was we had to read a book um, in our communications class, and it was called uh, Why Johnny Can't Preach. Um, and another one was Why Johnny Can't Write. And essentially, this guy, this pastor wrote a book saying, like, pastors can't preach because they don't read. Um, people don't write well because they don't read. Um, and so I, I want to expand in different areas. And it's, honestly, reading takes me on a journey uh, sometimes, whether, whether it be theological, whether it be sometimes like nonfiction or um, fiction. Uh, sometimes no. I, I find I find theological truths sprinkled into those because people pour themselves into those. Yeah. Um, and so I like I like getting that. Um, I like when I get that. So hearing about um, the in my grandmother's house makes me kind of excited to read that because I love when people pour themselves into their writing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I love that because uh, it, it, it makes it relatable. It, ma it makes it like I can connect to it. Um, and so I love I love being able to connect with people in their writing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, and that I'm after, too. I, I love I love that. So, yeah, you're going to get that in that book. I <laughs> I I say this often and I write this often that words are pathways and bridges to understanding and and that's deep, me, bro. I like that. Thank you. And and for me, that reading is that for me. You know, it's this it's this uh, collection of words that is um, that helps me go on this journey to understanding. Whether that's um, this author's uh, attempt to get me to connect to either this fictional realm that they have constructed for me or this author's um, uh, narrative that they, they're giving me about their life or this theological um, truth that they are wanting me to understand. And, you know, so I, I'm trying to understand, I'm trying to go on this journey, right? And if I'm honest, I read... <sighs> Let me back up. I I don't consider myself a preacher. I and I also resisted going to any type of graduate level school, seminary level education because I hated the elitism that I saw there. And I hated it because when I survey um, my community, I, you know, I see that every, the average person who is attempting to navigate the world and those people will never be called theologians by the academy. Um, they will never be called great by, you know, people in Ivy League schools. They'll never be called thinkers uh, by people in the halls of power. And I mourned my decision eventually to go to school because I felt like I was betraying them. And I've always read because I felt like it was my pathway forward. Like whether I ever got a degree that other people recognized, um, I felt like 
books were my weapons of power, right? Like I will never be smart to the world, um, but hey, I am knowledgeable and I may never have a degree that other people think is awesome. I may never be called Dr. Monson by anyone else, but I know that I am well-read in that I am an astute observer. And so for me, books are everything to me. And I think that um, books, especially for those in the margins, um, can be a game changer and they can be an equalizer. Uh, and especially in our day and age when books can be given, like Sam said, through the local library and through these apps um, for free or relatively cheap. Um, for those people who look like me, who may never get the opportunity to go to school, books are everything. Um, and for me, I think they give the benefit um, of equalizing out uh, for the average, you know, mom or the average brother who may not ever get into a seminary. I think they give them access to be called a theologian because they are doing the rigorous study. They're pontificating about God and they, you know, and so for me, for years, I've been reading theological textbooks, but no one gave me the title of theologian. I appropriated it for myself. Um, and so I've been doing this exegetical study, but I'm not waiting for y'all to call me nothing. <laughs> I'm not waiting for someone to say, oh, Robert's really great. I don't give a what y'all call me. And so for me, I guess, if someone were to say, why do you read? Um, I would say as a poor uh, youth, it's the only means that I had to pull myself up uh, that was given to me. Um, and I think when I look around my community, that's all that we've been given. Um, so for me, books are everything. Um, yeah, they mean a lot to me. So when you see me reading, I think I'm making up for all that wasn't given to me as far as opportunities, money, um, a stress-free life um, as a youth that I, I did not have, you know, like I would have loved the opportunities um, as a youth that other people were given, um, but I didn't have those. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah, man, that's, I, I, I don't, had nothing to say. I didn't mean to make that heavy, but no, for no. me, books are so important. And I think I interface with them so differently because I remember what it was like to be poor and black and not be able to afford books. Mm. Right. And so when you see me now, like engorging myself on books, um, I'm making up for lost time. Right you know yeah yeah, yeah. And that's crazy because so so for me right i never thought of it that way um because for me it was different like i mean right man you talked the other day uh i told you like it um things came easy for me right like school always came easy for me so i never i literally never had to read unless it was like a book report like I never had to study I could just pay attention in class and I would literally ace every test kill homework and like the, if I had a bad grade it's because I refused to read <laughs> I refused to read what was necessary like the necessary readings um like but that was like growing up but now I I I find myself more so identifying with what you're saying Robert where I'm finding like um I don't want to say I'm finding my livelihood um, there, um, but reading is important. If if my books were taken, like if if the ability to read, um, or to listen to audiobooks, um, like if I weren't if I were not able to read, that would be a really tough time for me. 
um, because I'm I like books that much now and I'm finding like I don't really watch TV like we paying we're paying <laughs> we're paying for streaming services that other people are using <laughs> um, because I'm 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 literally re- I read you black <laughs> I look I read I write and record podcast like this is this is like my life right uh, I don't I just I like reading for 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 now I'm finding for similar reasons Rob that you similar reasons meaning like internally you in similar internal reasons um that you read like uh there's a connection there um and I'm grateful for it um and you know what Rob you you said something before um and and you say it from time to time I hear you say it especially to me um uh when you were talking about uh the not having the degrees and stuff like that like who makes the standard of what intelligent is right like um I'm I don't necessarily need to be intelligent by somebody else's standards. Um, I'm just like, I'm comfortable in my own bubble, right? Like nobody has to ever acknowledge me as intelligent. It's fine. You know what I'm saying? I got my books. You know what I'm saying? I got, I got my boys who do a podcast. We kick the Willy Bobo. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like, this is, I'm comfortable. I'm cool with that. Right. Like that means, that means a lot to me. That means enough to me that I'm cool. Yeah, I'm I'm hearing y'all right now, and, and something just clicked for me, right? Because um I read a lot, and one of the things that I had to do, um one of the reasons I journal is I also keep a reading log in my journal. Like literally, if I just read a chapter or something, I, I jot it down in my journal before my daily reflections. But it's also like dry seasons where it is, I'm not reading much of anything. There's other times I'm reading four or five books at a time. But just now when you um talking about how like in school it was easy for you and the only time you really had to read was um when you had a book report. And I just realized that that's like one of the times I was least likely to read because like to this very day, I'm so serious, to this very day, I don't want you telling me what to read. Like for mm. an authority figure, a, a teacher or whatever, I, I don't like it. Like, I, and there's times where I'll sit there and I'll have a book that I got for class and I, I wouldn't touch it the whole time. And maybe sometimes years later, I'll come back and I'll read it. I'm like, okay, I see what was going on there. And I just realized that what I do is I view books as a means of enlightenment, of accessing information, of, of, of having your worldview sculpted. And I don't like somebody else having the controls to that. Like, I don't like somebody else directing and steering where my mind goes. Right. Let me challenge my worldview how I want to on my own terms. Precisely. Because (laughs) even when I'm listening to y'all talk about like, oh, who's to say like, who's a scholar? Who gets to be called a theologian? Like, why why are we considered this one a classic and not this one? Why why is that? Mm. Why why am I studying all of this in school, but none of this? And, And that always upsets me. I don't like feeling as though I'm a passenger in the journey of my own destiny, right? Like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that. So a lot of times for me, what books do is they give me the power to decide um, which bounds of my mind will be uh, pressed and, and expanded upon. And that's important to me because there's a lot of people who view things very strongly because that is what they know. And that's not to call anybody like ignorant in a malicious way or anything. Yeah derogatorily sometimes we are very very well read in one perspective and that makes us feel as though we are an expert in more than that perspective because the fact that there might be more than that perspective is not something that we've entertained too much mm-hmm. and a lot of that's because we are fed perspective sometimes right so when you put me in a library and I'm, hmm, I'm curious about xyz today i think i'll read on this i get to take a little bit more control on that and that's yeah. why like it's I found a special joy in reading womanist theologians, right? That's why mm-hmm. when I read a book from somebody like Lisa Colon DeLay, who's who's read on all of these other uh, Desert Fathers and stuff, it takes me out of the bubble that I grew up in. That mm-hmm. was, even if I only grew up in black church spaces, a lot of that was driven by what white evangelicals told us was orthodox. Right. And if, yeah. if I'm making any sense right now. Yeah. Um, so, so books are my way of, of of my my key to being able to to take that steering wheel back yeah 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 and i think like as i'm listening to you i two things for me um 
books have served to be an escape, uh, an escape vehicle uh, for me. Uh, you know, also what I want to add here is for those who are listening, and if you grew up um, as a child of trauma in any way, you you know that books have been um, an escape vehicle for you. Uh, for me, reading fiction uh, was that my whole life, and it still remains to this day. Um, that that tool that helps me escape um, in a good way. Uh, that was a survival mechanism for me. Uh, yeah. Growing up as a child of trauma, in, in, in trauma all around me, my imagination helped me escape the horrors that I endured. And there was there would be no robber today if my imagination wasn't fostered through books. Um, Absolutely. You know, and honestly, yeah, I can tell ahead. that a lot of I can tell that a lot of y'all's imagination has not been fostered through books. Yeah. So what he's saying is real right now. <laughs> yeah. And it really helped me. And some people, you know, it's funny that I hear people, especially in the Christian tradition, like, like really like demonize imagination and say, oh, y'all just trying to escape. Y'all just try. Be quiet. <laughs> um <laughs> Be quiet, because do you know that imagination and escapism is sometimes the only thing that keeps people breathing? It's the only thing that keeps people surviving. And unless you have a better way, be quiet. Um, literally, be quiet. Um, surviving was the only thing that got Robert here today, breathing uh, and, and thriving now. Um, I needed other tools to help me uh thrive but my imagination through fiction was was uh the mechanism you know uh that helped contain me enough to keep me sane right yeah. and the other thing that i was thinking as you guys were talking uh is simply um if i could do one thing for people um you know, as they're going throughout their life is uh, I want to give everybody the ability, especially in the, the, the Christian walk to know, like, you know, you can be a theologian too. You know, we've said it before on the show, like through books, like y'all can do it. You know, Sam said, I'm not a preacher. Um, you know, Trey is a preacher, right? And uh, and Sam's not, but like y'all, reading, doing the work, like thinking deeply, like I think sometimes we wait for some time for someone else from the outside to bequeath us um, with titles. But like the thing that I love about books is. I don't need to wait on somebody else. I could get all the thinking myself, you know, mm -hmm. and Seriously. that's what, that's what I love about it. And that, that's why for years I was like, I do not need to go to school because I'm doing the work myself. I do not need to pay no tuition for it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yo, you said something real important about imagination just now and about how, um, Sometimes it's the only way some people can survive. And I think in a major way, okay. And I don't mean to like minimize this at all because I know you meant that in a very real sense to you and your story and some of the things you've had to endure. But even in a larger human sense, imagination is a critical ingredient to the world as we know it in yeah. every sense. And I don't care if you're religious or spiritual. I do not care if you're not the only like imagination is key to knowledge and understanding because the hypothesis that we use to to test uh the world around us whether that be via empirical evidence whether that be theological propositions all of that requires imagination we don't know what questions to ask until we can imagine things that are beyond our current understanding right even if you 
claim that the Bible is inspired, inerrant, and infallible, the, the, the only word of God that we need, even if that is your, 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 your spell, you have imagination to thank for that, for the simple fact that many people believe that the first five books of the Bible were authored by one man named Moses. Hundreds and hundreds of years of history happened before he was born, meaning that he had to have uh, uh, something in his mind telling him that a God beyond him could communicate him uh, communicate to him truths that transcended himself and his knowing and his understanding. I say all of that to say that there is something that happens, even if it's not a theological writing or overtly theological writing, even if it's not uh, something that you're reading for, for the sake of knowledge, something happens when your imagination is stimulated that opens you to, to possibilities that you had not yet entertained. And I think that's an important thing because like, a lot of people, there's theological books and everything. I think that if you, uh, okay, so there's a saying I use sometimes, I like to look for God in the crevices, right? Because I think that even people who don't believe in God, like you can learn something about theology from how they write and how they view people and how they view society, because all of that says a lot about how we view creation, whether or not you believe in a creator. I think that there's an element that can be gleaned from that. And I think that it's a shame that a lot of us get to a point where imagination almost seems childish to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. When imagination is a gift from God. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you guys one last question and then we're gonna talk about um our break and uh, season two. Uh, so uh, <laughs> really quick, give a pointer or two that you found has helped you or you would like to give to the audience on how to read well, read better um, or what has helped you. So pow, Honestly. pow honestly just read man um honestly like give yourself grace don't it's not a competition you ain't got to compete with us you don't have to read as many books as is look i i don't feel like i read anywhere near the amount of books that rob and trey read <laughs> um, but uh and trey looking at me like, maybe in this season with trey but nah i usually nah <laughs> Um, but no, I like give yourself grace, um, and just read, like if you, I mean, you read what you can and just be consistent with it. You know what I'm saying? If you forget or you don't feel like it, eh, try it anyway. Yeah. I think, <laughs> like, I go ahead. I was gonna say, I don't know. Like, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't want people to feel like, oh, well they read they like that. No, don't, don't compare yourself to me or to Rob or to Trey, because I did that. And I'm going to tell you something. That's a miserable life. It's a miserable path. Walk your own path, man. Just read. Yeah, I, I'm hoping that as you're listening to us in this episode, my hope is that you feel inspired to read um, more than discouraged in your reading. And so yes. <laughs> hear that from us, that our, that our hope is very much that you, that as we're having our own conversation, you can glean something for your own life, but comparison is the thief of joy. So, right. So like what he said, yeah, don't try to like <laughs> hear anything else other than this is our own organic talk. Be inspired to do whatever you need to do in your own life. Right. So I, I'll say for me, it, it helps me one. I read a couple books at once at this point in my life, I, I never would have thought that I'd be that guy, but I always read a fictional book. I'm always reading just, and I just read a few pages a day from a couple different books. Um, I at least read one fictional book and one nonfiction book. That's bare minimum. The fictional book, just because I want to keep my imagination station active and then, uh, and that helps me not take myself so seriously. Um, it's hard to take yourself seriously when you're reading a Star Wars book. 
um, or a Harry <laughs> Potter book. Like, and it helps you not be a cornball on the the on social media when you read Harry Potter. Okay, right? Like, <laughs> you argue less, and your skin is moisturized when you read fiction. Okay, and then lastly, <laughs> with the, um. Yeah. Rob's skin regimen includes books. Just it does, case. and you live longer. I promise. Oh, um, and, you, and your teeth is whitened. There you go. Uh, I'm just. I promise. Your wife will love you. No, and <laughs> your breath smell better. Yeah, it, I promise. It's impossible to, to be funky reading fiction every day. Um, and then I, I just read a little bit every morning. Uh, from one of my books. Um, so I don't try to blast through books. I read a little bit in the morning and a little bit at night. And if I can squeeze in something else, that's great. But at least I know at the bare minimum, I just try to read a page or two in the morning. So y'all might think, dang, he's going in. No, <laughs> a brother, I try and I got work to do too. So I read a couple pages in the morning and a couple pages in the evening. If I can squeeze in anything else, then that's extra. So that's well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Cause we gotta, I need, I, I, I have to ask this question for me. Go I'm ahead. asking for me. What's a couple pages? Because, you know, people be like a couple and I'm like, okay. So if you see a couple walking down the street, you usually see two people. No, so- for me, it literally depends on where I'm at. So the habit for me are, is the time okay. is, is the time period. So, so you're you focused know, on, for, on actually doing it. Yeah. So, you know, Robert is going to read in the morning and in the mm. evening. Now, literally it's as little as one page in the morning or in the evening. So you're like, Oh, dang, I know Rob probably reading 10 pages mm. lies. Yo, or sometimes that, it's a paragraph. Yo, that's really a good starting point. Seriously, for anybody that's struggling to read, that that <laughs> way, that building that discipline to actually just read is a really good starting point. Yeah, and sometimes for me, it's not. It's like sometimes I have a lot going on. Sometimes um, I deal with chronic illness, and the reality is, physically, I can't. And something I like to do. Mm-hmm. I I just might not physically be able to do a lot of it. So I'm not about to kill myself to do a player. I can do a page today. So I like doing this. I just, this is not five pages. Here we go. Got it. Then you got it today. Yeah. What you got, Trey? Yeah. Yeah, man, I'm I'm very much different than Rob um, in that regard. And this me and Robert joked about this before too, because um, I'm 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 usually the type to blast the books. Like I'm, I'll, I'll uh, one of the reasons I had it um, start journaling or, or keeping a, a reading log in my journal is because there's times, especially when I'm not in school, where I'll be reading four or five books at a time for pleasure, and not like one of them people is going to take me a few months. Like nah, all of them will be done in a, in a couple of weeks. Sure. Um, and, and that's not to like brag or nothing, but it's that's to say that are. you do what works for you. Because for me, I know, and, and there are times, okay, I'll, I'll have a book um, that I'm not really feeling. And, and in that regard, I'm, I'm kind of a completionist. Because there are people who are like, oh, give yourself permission to put down a bad book. And that's dope. Um, and sometimes I'll, I'll give myself permission to pause from a bad book. But then like months down the line, I'll see it with the bookmark still in it, sitting on a bookshelf. I'm like, oh man, and, and, I'll, and I'll get to it eventually. And I mean that wholeheartedly. So it's time for- I put um, down the bad book, y'all. Just so you know, that's where Rob, B. Rob yeah. is. The book, I take the bookmark all the way out, play it. I put it out of this misery and put it home to pasture. Just yeah. so y'all know. But the whole thing is, is for me, it's a matter of a principle I'm trying to adhere to where I do not read books I disagree with because I do not know if I disagree with a book until I read it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a mentality I'm trying oh. to adapt in, in the sense that like, people are like, oh, read some books you disagree with. And I'm like, well, if you read books that you disagree with, you've already made a decision by the time you get there. Now, that being said, hold on, time out, time out, Rob. I see you. I see you shaking your head. I see you doing the LL Cool J. Look, I'm not saying I'm. I'm not about to be out here reading no 
I'm not gonna say no names. names. I'm not. I'm not. not. But it's it's a bunch of books that I'm just not going to because you you've already proven yourself goofy. You know what I'm saying? Like if if you if you goofy in real life, no, no, (laughs) no. Wait, Trey, is that why you finished that one book because you saw that? Stop it. Stop it. That book won't even... All right, stop. I, stop I know what it. you're talking about. We're not doing it. But my, my thing is, it's not about going out and seeking goofy people to read their books. Like, nah, I'm, and I'm not about lining goofy pockets, neither. But my whole thing is, there's times where I, there'll, there'll be a book that I, I set out to read, right? Not knowing I'll be disagreeing with it. And I'm like, oh, man, something about this feels funky. And I'll ride it out to, to, to be able to at least try to Just understand to where sure. they're coming from. No, oh. not even that. But I want to. Okay, what? Well, where are you coming from? And this is this is me. This is this is me. This is how I operate. Um, and that's not to say that everybody should. It's to say there's like a whole lot of different ways to approach this, right? Um, I don't even know what I was talking about originally. We're supposed to be coming up with two tips, right? Yeah. Yeah. So give, just give us one tip, brother. Give us one. Tip. Yeah, that was that was my one tip about pacing. Um, and that there's a lot of times I blow through things, but the one time I'll stumble is if I'm like, oh, I'm not really feeling this book, but I'll try to, I guess it's a, a benefit of the doubt type thing I, I do in trying to finish books, even if I'm not really feeling it, you know? Well, what you said about not, about how you don't read a book that you don't disagree with, I felt like that was a really good tip. Get a book a chance, because I'm going to tell you something. I was a, <laughs> I was a part of a, 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 a group of people um, that, people went out and literally brought bought you know those little signature stamps where people get their signature and they literally yeah. just stamp it it said heresy for research yeah, purposes you, only yeah you talked about that on one yeah the and they yeah. would read the book and literally stamp it like and i'm like bro you bought it knowing that you disagreed with it so you read it from it was that's, a terrible yeah. yeah it was a you had bad intentions to begin with so give i think that's giving a book a chance is a good one it's true Okay, well, amen and amen. So here we are again yeah. at the end of season one. Um, we wrapped hey. up and uh, really quick. So we are going to be taking some time off, some needed time off to work on some creative endeavors, some uh, things that we will be talking about with our Patreon team um and uh so yeah (laughs) so we will be taking uh some time off uh and reloading for uh season two um and an undetermined amount of time but uh yeah it ain't gonna be forever though it's not gonna be forever ever uh any thoughts before we close, yeah. y'all can still catch us on Twitter. Me at SamG0727. <laughs> yeah, y'all can still catch us. You I'm, can at, also... I'm at Pastor Trail 5 on Twitter. It's true. You could also find out more of the information uh of what we'll be doing. Can you uh, get the people your Twitter first? Uh I always hey, what's he trying to keep it low? It's Robert hey. J. Monson. Hey, you yeah. Robert J. Monson. <laughs> I, don't Robert J. Monson. I don't really want y'all all in my Kool-Aid. And uh <laughs> And, but what y'all can do is y'all can sign up for our Patreon. That part. If, if y'all want to find out more information about what we'll be doing uh, in this break. We like that. And we like that. And uh, the sooner the also, better because we got a Patreon meetup happening soon. soon. On April 24th. Truly. Right? Yep. April 24th. And we're going to be announcing some good news there. Or, or is it? I'm just or, yeah, it's nah, definitely it's good news. Nah, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting news. And also, um, our Patreon members are going to be getting uh, some good, fresh content during this break. Uh, yes. So, uh, I'm just saying, I can't Check tell y'all out. what to do. So, but if y'all want more content, y'all can sign up for that Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/three-black-men spelled out, baby. Three Amen. blizzle mizzle. Amen. And also, if you go to our Twitter account, uh, you can uh, find our merch. uh, Yeah, we just new new mugs, shirts. So much more. It's dope. Magic mugs. (laughs) Magic mug. They change colors when you put hot stuff in them, dog. (laughs) Like, what's going on? 
What's what is better than that? So y'all can follow us on Twitter at three black men, but the three not spelled out there. It's just the number three black men. Click that link in the bio, man. We got merch. Hey. We got merch. All right. Well, bless y'all. Thank y'all for listening to season one. Hey. It's been real. now have a patreon which patreon. i want to encourage each and every one of y'all to to visit at our uh, patreon.com slash three black men uh think through it pray through it ask god <laughs> if, if he would have you partake in this work that we're doing because on top of some bonus content here we have uh some blog pieces going up there's going to be some devotional content coming out and i want to encourage you guys um to visit that patreon patreon.com slash three black men go watch and, um, my kids ruin my videos go ahead watch, watch them, <laughs> them them babies ain't ruin nothing man matter of fact there's, there's more people gonna sign up to, to see them babies how about that bro <laughs>